0: Picture this, an eight-year-old kid growing up in Georgia Having a hard time with the world that he was seeing Coming home from school, scared to death and always wondering What kind of mood his dad would be in That kind of home can do a number on you Mom and dad broke up, and I guess I broke too I grew up thinking nothing good could ever come from a story like mine But who turns a broken dream
1: into a life real
0: That never happened Everybody's got that pain They wish they could undo But wounds become scars And scars become stories When it comes to the story of you Who turned a broken dream Into a life
2: happy but from this morning, part of Washington to africa the number one podcast that listen to the entire world this is such another wonderful moment that we have um yes pastor Ryan, how was the night oh i had a great night that's great um i had a night but it was quite different <laughs> <laughs> Whereby well, I, I, I had some dreams, and <laughs> so like, you know, you can dream when you are someone is giving you money. So when you wake up, you ask yourself, Where is the money? You think that it is there, <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. That's how dreams are very, very funny. We are so happy to have you this morning, uh, with us under the topic and the theme of We Should Not Push the Vision. And we have uh, we are trying to find the solution. How can we, um, live in life uh, as we are not misfiring or that we not miss the target according to the vision that we have from our childhood and yesterday i was talking through some of my friends uh, on the same podcast and these are some of the reasons and these are some of the views they gave number one someone said that he wanted to be a pilot since his childhood but when he was growing up and he lost parents, the parents those people who came on the barrier uh i think were the family members they were like we are going to take care of this child we are going to take care of this child so taking care of the child just remained in the words there on the barrier because they wanted to show that they can help but at the end of the day they did not so his vision just got uh just got lost from there and he could not even fulfill or reach at his expectation according to what he had planned And right now he's thanking God that at least he's with the word of life and word of life has given him what we call the go ahead to have the opportunity of studying God's word. And he believes that Mm -hmm. I think it was part of God's plan that at least even if he missed the other vision, but at least he knows God and he believes in Christ. So that is such a kind of some of the views that some people were giving. And others, they gave several views. Others wanted to be doctors. Others wanted to be lawyers. (laughs) But now (laughs) they are in different places and different positions. Why? Just because they couldn't make it. And one of the factors, some of the factors that they are mentioning, they are saying money, family influence, peer pressure, And uh, themselves, at a point, they were the problem or they were the challenge that hindered them uh, to achieve the visions they had. And we discovered, Professor Ryan, that uh, a vision is a long-term target. And indeed, along the way, we always find the obstacles and hindrances that always divert us from the right track or maybe missing out what we wanted. So that is some of the whatever. Now, I would (coughs) like to start... um, with asking you this question. In your life, have you ever been there and you had a vision, but along the way you got stuck or maybe something else diverted you from the, uh, the vision you had?
3: Well, I would say a little bit That has been my experience. Um, of course, growing up in the United States, um, I had, most any opportunity that I wanted to pursue, um, I had the opportunity to, at some level, mm-hmm. of course, every, every little boy at some point wants to be a police officer or a pilot or something cool like that. Mm-hmm. And I went through those stages, too. Um, but as I was finishing high school, uh, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do next because I was only a few months away from needing to decide on where I wanted to pursue school and then how that was going to be uh, paid for. Mm-hmm. And what happened over the next number of months and really years is I decided that, um, of course, I was graduating high school in 2001. And if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, historical events from 2001, there was a significant one in the United States, and that was the attack on September 11. Mm-hmm. And so that really brought the military to the front of my mind. and specifically chaplaincy in the military. So uh, during my senior year of high school, I decided that God was really leading me towards military chaplaincy as my next step. So then I had to figure out what did I need to have educationally, um, experience-wise, and those things to be prepared for that. And there's very specific requirements that the uh, United States military has for that type of a job. So I started researching. And I found that I needed a four-year college degree and also a seminary degree and also ministry experience of, mm. I think, two years. And so from the time I was in high school to the time that uh, I had all of those requirements met, that was about nine years mm. uh, by the time I finished college and finished seminary and got this the uh, ministry experience in a church. Mm. And So I I prepared for that calling for a period of almost 10 years, and then the time came to uh, join the military and and be full-time, and I did that for about five years that I was in the Army as a chaplain. Mm -hmm. And then... There I was. I was stationed at Port Bragg, North Carolina. I was minding my own business, and um, I got a phone call that kind of changed my my direction. Um, Mm. And that phone call was from a church in Pennsylvania Mm. that I had been a part of for a couple of years. And it's actually the same church where I am now. And the reason that I got the phone call is that they were looking to uh, add another pastor to the staff there, and they were calling to see if I wanted to do that. So there I was in North Carolina doing a job that I really enjoyed and mm-hmm. that I thought and still think God called me to do. Mm-hmm. And then I get this phone call with an invitation to go do something completely different. Well, not completely different, mm-hmm. but leave the military and go to a civilian ministry. And that was a, that was a big decision to try to work through and, uh, kind of a choice between two good things. I can serve God by staying in the military and continuing as a chaplain, or I can serve God by leaving the military mm. and serving as a pastor. And so some of the things I had to sort through is is God did God call me only to this one job mm. or has God called me to serve him wherever it is that I might end up? And there's just a lot of things to sort through, mm. and my ultimate decision is was to leave the military and to take that position as a pastor, and that's where I still am now so in a in a way, you might look at that and say well you you trained and prepared for nine years mm. to do a job that you only did for five <laughs> so, mm. that doesn't seem to make sense
1: that's. True. <laughs>
3: And certainly that wasn't my expectation going in. I thought I'd I'd do it for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, you know, as long as they let me stay. And that's just not not the way God directed my steps. It reminds me of Proverb 16:9, "The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps." And so you could look at it as well. That was a waste to train for so long for a job you did for relatively short amount of time but everything that i experienced Mm. in the years of training in the years of being in the military and even the last six years where i've been in the pastorate Mm. have all been equipping me for whatever it is that god is going to have me do next Mm. so really the the prep the time of preparation Mm. and the time of ministry really blend together Wow. So whatever ministry you're doing is preparing you for the ministry you're going to do next, whether that's the specific role that you thought you'd have or if God takes you somewhere else.
2: Wow. Now it brings me to another another question that I would like to ask. Uh, how do we get to know? Because now it has two ways in this case that I'm trying to discover according to what you've shared. Sometimes we may think that uh, we've missed the vision that we had, but it might be according to our desires. But again, there is what we call God's will or God's desires, what God mm-hmm. wants us to do. So sometimes we might be uh, pursuing a certain vision and in the way. And God says, maybe God says, no, this is the other way that I would like you to be. So sometimes it is confusing. We might think that we are losing something, yet God from this beginning wanted us to be in that thing. So how can someone discover and maybe separate or differentiate between the God's will and our personal desires? Because even that is a very, very big challenge. We think that we have dreams and we end up in something else. Should we say that what we end up when we end up in something else that that is what God wanted us to be in, or at times it can be that we misfired how could how can you enlighten on that
3: hmm. well, that's a good question. Um, I think we have to be careful that we're asking the right questions first mm. and A lot of times, especially when you're uh, making that transition from your time of of schooling Mm -hmm. to your time of entering into the realm of adulthood Mm -hmm. and career, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of emphasis placed on what are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. What's next? Mm -hmm. What are your plans? Where are you going to go? And those are fine questions, Mm -hmm. but I think there's one that we need to ask before that. Mm. That helps. That's going to help no matter what the answer to those other questions ends up being. And like I said, even in my own experience, mm. where and what can change sometimes several times over the course of your career or your adult years. Mm. Um, but the first question that I think we need to ask is who who am I mm. and w- what kind of person does God want me to be? More so than what does he want me to do, mm. because everything that we do flows out of our heart, mm. and so I'm reminded of another proverb it's proverbs four twenty three Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Mm. So in other words, I think the most important thing that a young person can do, whether we're talking somebody who's in school, just recently graduated or entering the workforce wherever, any time in life, really, is am I growing in my relationship with the Lord? Mm. And is that shaping my heart to such an extent that if the Lord gave me the desire of my heart, I think it talks about that in the Psalms, mm. Um if the Lord gave me the desire of my heart, would the desire of my heart be in line with the desire of his heart? Mm. So we need to be, we need to be conformed into the image of Christ by spending time in his word, by spending time in prayer, by fellowshipping with the believers, by serving uh, the Lord in, in connection with our, our local church. Mm. All of those things need to be really the foundation for everything else that we do in life. So whatever career I take, whether it's a ministry career, whether it's not a ministry career, Mm. Ministry is always going to be part of what I am to be doing as a follower of Jesus. Mm. So that ought to be first and foremost. That that's true. Even, even thinking outside the career realm, uh, most people desire at some point to have a family, to be married and have a family, and that should factor in too. That your faith would shape how you pursue um, finding a spouse and how how that. That should shape how you raise your kids. So all of it really comes back to the the fountain of all of this, according to Proverbs four twenty three, is is the heart, and is is my heart firmly in the grip of my Savior, or am I pursuing something else first and foremost? Because it can happen so quickly and so subtly that when I'm considering career, I I start to consider. Things Other than what does the Lord want me to do and how can I bring him glory to, well, how can I achieve success and how can I make a good living?
4: Mm. God has promised that
3: he will always meet our needs. And what he wants from us is that whatever we do, we do it all to the best of our ability and specifically to bring glory to his name. Mm. Whether I'm a vet or a doctor or a pilot or an electrician or an auto mechanic or whatever job I do, that mm. it's all for his glory. So I think that's just the question that we need to be asking first. And I would add to that, I would add, um, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked, mm. teacher, what is the, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he gave a twofold answer. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. So no matter what I do,
4: job-wise, career-wise, no matter where I live,
3: my number one purpose in living is to love the Lord. Mm. And then the second one is to love the people that he's put in my life. So I think those are kind of the the foundation uh that needs to be in place Building my relationship with the Lord and continuing to maintain that and to to grow, to understand him better and to be changed Mm. as I grow in that. And then also to invest in the people that he's put around me. Unbelievers, I can reach them with the gospel. And those who are believers, I can encourage them and be encouraged by them regardless uh, in my work.
2: Wow now someone i think now for the uh this is the the last one and uh you build on that until you finish uh in this in this this manner and uh, i would like to give it to you in this way now we are in a position we have understood from the start from the beginning you have you've been uh giving us different ideas about different areas according to the question that have been asking now uh, uh, with this question we are at a level Yes, uh, we miss the vision. Uh, maybe we are somewhere where we think that God has placed us there. Now, uh, what should we do in order to maintain what we are in, if it is the right thing, or what can we do so that we can go back to what exactly we have to be doing in terms of a vision or in, a ni- in line with a vision? Because now God's will to prevail, it means God needs you somewhere and that's where you're going to bless people from and that's where you're going to uh, benefit his kingdom. And uh, there are others, by the, way, by the way, we have others who are just confused and they don't <laughs> they don't know. Even if you ask them, because <laughs> I remember even when I had just finished my uh, senior four, senior four that is O-Level in high school, and uh, well, they asked me, okay, what is next? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So we have other people who are in that category, in that area. So we would like to know what are some of the ideas, opinions, or maybe advice that you might give to these people. Please take your time.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to read the entire last third of the book of Genesis. Mm. Uh, As I was thinking, we're not actually going to read it. We'll just kind of summarize here, but Mm. I would guess that many of your listeners are familiar with Just in case they're not, Joseph is uh, the second to the last of the sons of Jacob. Um, and he was the favorite. And you might say, when we meet, first meet Joseph in the scripture, it's in uh, chapter 37 of Genesis, we find out that he's 17 years old. Mm. And all but one of his brothers is much older than him. And they I don't know if you call it a vision, but he, he definitely had some dreams. That indicated that he was going to become preeminent.
4: Mm.
3: Uh, um, Arrogant might be better. An arrogant teenager (laughs) in the way that he shared that information with his brothers and they didn't take too kindly to it. But you might say that Joseph had a vision that he was going to become the dominant member of the family, mm. and that was based on, but he didn't have all the information. <laughs> God didn't tell him everything about what that was going to entail. Um, and so, as you see through Joseph's story, and he takes center stage from Genesis chapter thirty-seven all the way to the end of the book, uh, you see that he goes through what you might call a series of setbacks in terms of getting to where he thought that he wanted to go. Uh started off uh he got thrown in a pit by his brothers. That that wasn't such a good thing, but it got worse because they decided that we're gonna kill him, so that was good news, but they were gonna sell him into slavery, which they did. So now he's away from his family, he's away from his uh, his dad, his His code of man, he's in a, a country, he doesn't know anybody, and he's there to be sold as a slave. Mm. Well, that's kind of a big setback. How are you going to become the preeminent member of your family if you're in a different country and nobody knows where you are? Well, he eventually ends up in the house of Potiphar, and through his work ethic and his character, he's promoted to basically be the mm. in, in Potiphar's house. Going in a good direction for Joseph. Well, he hits another setback. Because Potiphar's wife lies about him, uh, accuses him of uh, being the aggressor in uh certain situation, which was totally fabricated, but it caused uh, Potiphar to throw Joseph into the prison. Another big step. Hmm. But One place- He's been thrown away, thrown again through his work ethic, through his character. He is so trusted that the guards of the prison put him in charge of the prison. So the inmates are literally running the prison. Mm-hmm. At least Joseph was. So things. The... I remember that two more prisoners get thrown in. Uh, servants of Pharaoh. And they've had some dreams, and Joseph interprets their dreams, and he's correct because God helps him. Hmm. He says, remember me, he says to the cupbearer, remember me when you go back to Pharaoh, because I didn't do anything to deserve being in here. And the cupbearer says, okay, I'll remember you. And then he does it for two years. (laughs) That's a long time to be forgotten in a jail. And Fast forward a little bit. Pharaoh has a dream. God helps Joseph interpret Pharaoh's dream because the news of the dream caused the cupbearer to remember who Joseph was and what he had done for him. And so all of a sudden he goes from running the jail to running the entire country of Egypt, mm. which was the dominant power of its time. And so you might say, well, Joseph had a great career because look where he ended up. He was the second most powerful person on the planet. Mm. But really, if you think back to where Joseph started and where he ended up, they're, they're drastically different. And even from Joseph's expectation about how the future was going to be. Mm. Now, everything that, that, that original dream he had is at 17 came true. His brothers did come and bow down before him because they didn't recognize who he was because he had taken on the Egyptian book and they hadn't seen him for 20 years. Mm. Um, but I think what we learn from the Joseph story is not necessarily that if you follow the Lord, you're going to end up as the second most powerful person in the world. Mm. But what we learn is that if you are humble, if you are faithful to the Lord, wherever you are, mm. He is going to put you in the position where you can accomplish the task that he's given you to bring him glory. Mm. Now, for Joseph, he needed to be the second in command in Egypt in order to save the entire nation of Israel that would have otherwise died in the famine. Mm. And we know how how the rest of the Old Testament unfolds. They eventually moved to Egypt uh, to be under Joseph's care, the whole entire family. Jacob and all the brothers and all their families Mm. and over the next 400 years they increase to the size of a nation and then God brings them out so Joseph needed to be faithful to the Lord in the prison and eventually in Pharaoh's palace in order to accomplish the preservation of the Israelites so that eventually we get to the New Testament and the coming of Jesus through that family line Mm most of us are not going to end up in that kind of a position of prestige but joseph i would encourage everybody to read it we have these different these different stages in the journey joseph makes different statements that kind of reveal his heart for example in potiphar's house when potiphar's wife is trying to seduce him he says how could i do this thing and sin against god in other words he said no Because it was wrong in God's sight. That is what was most important to him. Then we get to, and he's interpreting the dream for the cupbearer, and he says, listen, it's God that interprets dreams and nothing's too hard for him. So it shows that not only was he living to please the Lord, but he was living independent on the Lord. Then he interprets, gets called to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and he says the exact same thing to the most powerful man in the world, the Pharaoh. He says, Pharaoh, I I can't interpret this dream for you, but the Lord can. And then the Lord did. Again, dependence
4: upon the Lord. And later on in chapter 45,
3: with his brothers, before they are reconciled in chapter 50, it's after. But he says, In chapter 45, verse 8, you did not send me here. God did. In other words, he had a a view and an understanding of God's sovereignty saying, you know, this isn't what any of us intended. You wanted to hurt me. I wanted to rule over you. But God had a greater purpose that overrode both of our desires. Mm. And so a clear understanding that God's in charge and he was faithful at each stop in his journey to be the kind of man that God wanted him to be. Was he perfect? No. But you can see from when he was 17, to, he is uh, reintroduced to his brothers, that he had grown in his understanding of who the Lord was and how he was to live his life. And So for those who are trying to make a decision on career, um, you know, God gives each of us certain aptitudes and ability, and I think
4: those play a factor. We the
3: time and the, the talents that he's that the Lord has given to us. But there there may be circumstances and different things God brings into our life that, that change a career change, a location change, different ways our life. But the number one thing that the Lord wants from us is to be following closely after him and living and making decisions based first and foremost on what is right in his sight and what is going to bring glory to him. And there's sometimes what can make our decisions so difficult is that Hmm. there's one thing that we could do that would be pleasing to the Lord. Hmm. So it's just a matter of examining, examining our hearts and our motives. And am I pursuing this primarily because it's going to look good? And successful in the eyes of the world, or am I pursuing this because I believe God has gifted me and I bring glory to His name and reach the people that I will be working with with the gospel? Um, and I think that's the right that has to be first and foremost. Being as we're considering the where we live, no matter. Um, what our chosen area of work is, the one thing that's going to matter forever is our relationship with God and reaching the people that he has created uh with the message of the gospel so that they can know him for all of eternity. So I guess that's what I, I would encourage um, those that might be listening to think about is really setting a a strong emphasis as early in life as possible on growing close in our walk with the Lord and trusting him to direct our steps. And I think as we do that, we will not be disappointed with where we end up.
2: Okay, that's all.
3: I think that's it. I was still, I
2: was, I was still enjoying the the, the salmon. <laughs> I was still enjoying. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, I'm rushing for practices uh, for today's service this very early morning. And thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given to us to talking to us. I know you people who are very important in this world in terms of guys word, you're not easy to get but finally <laughs> we've tried <laughs> <laughs> and people have been asking oh, how can i how i go to get him okay i told them no wait for him on monday you wait for him on monday i'm going to applaud him so i know it's it's so much interesting so much interesting and i believe one thing that uh have come to my mind when we were teaching and like uh, there is something i recognize that we need to know what exactly god uh, requires from us in other words we need to consult god in most of things before we take any step in life maybe pursuing a dream or pursuing a vision and there is something you say that it is it might not be so much of a vision but most of times we have dreams so, and uh, I love mm-hmm. that point of Moses, uh, no, Joseph, I love that point of Joseph, that he prayed out to God that you not to leave him, but God left him for two years. <laughs> and he was over in the prison. He mm-hmm. just remembered him, just when God himself brought a case of the dream to the king, and he could not interpret, and even the rest of people failed to interpret it. And that's when we see the revival in life, in Moses's life, that... That's when Moses became, um, I think, second in chief, yeah, on that moment. So mm-hmm. it's such so it's such uh, an amazing thing that sometimes even by the way we are in certain situations and we think that maybe God forgot us, forgotten us, but indeed it is not the point. Uh, he has a better plan, as you normally say. And I would like to encourage my fellow listeners that God has a better plan. We should not give up. We should not... Uh, be discouraged there is another chance for our lives and wherever we are let us be very keen before we make we we pass over judgment before we judge god and blaming god why are we in the in the that kind of situations why why are we the way we are yeah we need to know that really and we need to be very critical on that area that it could be that god is communicating something it could be that god is doing something in your life but just because you are not yet aware therefore may god bless you so much let me close with this wonderful prayer father we thank you for your word we thank you for pastor ryan from uh, usa thank you so much king of glory for the gift of teaching that you've granted him Indeed, we learn from your people and you speak in your word by the Holy Spirit that whom you poured upon your people when... Uh, leads people and guides them. they utter out your word for our edification. We pray that these words will edify every person in this church in this platform and King of glory, we pray that transformation starts with hearing and hearing the Word of God so that we can understand what really you want and that wisdom that comes from you. We believe in you, we want to thank you, and we love you so much, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ryan. May God bless you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Amen. Nice time.
0: Picture this, an eight-year-old kid growing up in Georgia Having a hard time with the world that he was seeing Coming home from school, scared to death and always wondering What kind of mood his dad would be in That kind of home can do a number on you Mom and dad broke up, and I guess I broke too I grew up thinking nothing good could ever come from a story like mine But who turns a broken
1: dream into a life